Thank you for following the Life Church in Perry, Georgia podcast. This is Pastor Tim McLaughlin, Senior Pastor, and we're just excited that you have joined our podcast today. Hope that these are a blessing to you every week. Today, uh, as we enter into 2022 and a brand new year, I just want to ask you the question What's the difference that a year can make? Have you thought about it? Have you thought about where you are at January of 2021 and where you're at in January of 2022? Have you thought about what God has done? I think so many times, I made this comment here about a week or so ago around Christmas time, that so many times we live in the presence. We live in the now. We live in the what's going on and we forget about what God has done. But, but I, I think there's something important to that. Now, I, I say this often. I say, you know, I tell people 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. And I believe there's truth to that. We don't need to meditate on the bad things. We don't need to constantly talk about all the, the gloom and the doom. But going back and thinking about what God has done and thinking about how God has touched your life and, and thinking about where you were and where you're at and what God's wanting to do in your life, it's important to reflect over what God has done in your life. What are some things that have consumed your thoughts over the last year? What are things that have impacted your outlook on life over the past year? You know, I think a lot of people really thought going into 2021 that the COVID pandemic was going to end and, and we would be done and we would move on. But now we've got different variants of COVID that are, that are starting to hit people. You know, the latest is the Omicron and we've had the Delta and we've had all these other different COVID. And so, you know, COVID's not went away, but look at the flu virus. Look at how long we've been dealing with the flu virus and look at other things that we've dealt with and how we have adapted and how we have uh, gotten stronger and how we've gained more knowledge. So again, it's, it's all about perspective. You know, you could think about the unemployment rate. You can think about uh, how, how some things have impacted maybe in your job, but I know for most people that I talk to, uh, the, the, the wage has went up over the last year. What people are getting paid uh, has went up and people are getting paid more money. And so uh, some people can look at that and say, yeah, but with that is, is the cost of living has also went up. And, and so you can choose how you want to focus on things. You can choose on what becomes your reality because everybody's perspective becomes the reality. This is what I know. This is what I can attest is that a year ago, I was at a different ministry in a different state, and, and I really didn't have any plans of ever leaving that ministry. I figured that, that I was the uh, founder of that ministry. I was the executive director of that ministry, had been in that ministry uh, for 12 years, and I really didn't see my wife and I ever leaving that ministry or really leaving that town until we were quite a bit older, and we just figured we would, just, we would be there forever. But then God began to speak to us, in January, as we were fasting and praying about transition, 
Well, we were thinking that we were going to transition in the way that we were going to sell our house and we were going to uh, move closer to that ministry because we had been driving about uh, 30 minutes uh, every day to that ministry and 30 minutes home every evening. So we thought, well, transition is we're going to sell our house. We're going to live closer to that. But then as we sold our house in June of 2021 and we moved closer to the ministry, the Lord kept saying, this is not the transition that I was speaking of. And so we continued to fast. We continued to pray. We took two weeks off actually in August of 2021. And then the Lord began to reveal to us that his transition was the fact that it was time for us to hand off the baton to the ministry that we had founded. It was time to hand off the baton and, and let somebody else run the ministry. We had done all that God had asked us to do. We, we had built five building projects. We, we had gotten the ministry out of debt uh, by the grace of God. The ministry had money in the bank. We had helped over 650 men and women come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ in that 12-year period of time. And it was our time to move on and, and start a new chapter in our life. And I'd never heard of Perry, Georgia before. I didn't even know that this place existed until October of 2021. And I had applied to many churches. I had sent my resume to the Alabama District of the Assemblies of God, to the Tennessee District of the Assemblies of God. I even sent my resume to North Carolina and also to Samaritan's Purse. And I sent it to the Georgia District. And I, I just asked all these districts, I said, Look over my resume. If you've got a spot for me that I, you think that uh, uh, God would have you to, to put me in to fill, uh, I, I'm interested. And so, of course, being in Tennessee, we talked to four or five churches there, but nothing open. And then we got a call, uh, actually an email from a church in Perry, Georgia, that said that they had been without a, a senior pastor for about six or seven months. And they had got my resume from the district superintendent and, and they wanted to talk to us. And my wife and I did a Zoom meeting. And after that hour and a half Zoom meeting, we just really felt like the Lord was speaking to us that this was the place that we were supposed to be. And then we had another Zoom meeting with them and that went great. And we came down uh, the last week of October, the first week of November and we ministered and, and this church voted us in and, and now we've been here uh, for, for several weeks and we just know that this is home. This is the place that God has called us to be. So what a difference a year makes. January of 2021, I figured I'd always be in Tennessee at that ministry. January of 2022, I'm in Perry, Georgia and I'm the senior pastor of Life Church and God is doing great and amazing things. So it's all about your perspective. What a difference a year can make. Think about in Genesis. Think about Joseph. Joseph was hated by his brothers because he was his father's favorite son. He was the son of his old age and he was the, the son of, uh, of his wife who he didn't think uh, she was barren for so long and, and she was that first son. And, and yet his brothers hated him because he was the favorite son. And, and so they sold him into slavery. He, he starts doing good. He's working for a, for a man named Potiphar. And then all of a sudden Potiphar's wife lies about him and she, uh, she gets mad. And so she lies and he gets thrown into jail. And so you, you see this where it goes from, you know, your brothers hate you. You're sold into slavery. Can it get any worse? Then all of a sudden things begin to look up and then she lies and then he's thrown into jail. And then all of a sudden uh, the chief jailer puts him over everybody and, and he's doing good. He's making friends. He's ministering to people in the jail. 
And, and then uh, it comes a time where he gets to interpret some dreams. And he asks these guys, he says, hey, don't forget about me when you leave. This is my ticket out. And they forget all about him. So it looks gloom and doom again. But then all of a sudden, Pharaoh has a dream. And Pharaoh uh looks for someone to interpret and the baker says hey i know a guy or the cupbearer rather says i know a guy that can interpret dreams it's in the jail he finally remembers and he called joseph out joseph uh interprets pharaoh's dreams pharaoh puts him at second in command and it's joseph who saves not only the egyptians but he saves everybody in the known world at that time from famine in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, Joseph is saying this to his brothers. He says, but as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about as it is this day to save many people alive. Think about it. Think about some of the trials and the tribulations you've been through. Think about some of the things that you went through and you didn't understand why. Can you look back when it's all said and done? And can you see the hand of God that was upon you and how God used you mightily or how God impacted your life in a different way? Again, my wife and I had a beautiful house and, and it was the house that we raised our kids in. We were over this ministry. I was the, the, the founder and executive director and God began to talk about transition and we sold the house that we grew up in and we got rid of a lot of the furniture and a lot of the things that we had had for many years. And, and then we, we had to move into a smaller house and, and then God began to speak to us about Trans, uh, changing from that ministry to another ministry, moving to a place that we didn't know anybody, uh, trying to find a house that we didn't know anything about in this area. And then here we are today and we're standing here in this beautiful church, in this great congregation, these people that are hungry for a move of God. And, and you can look at it and you can say, Lord, why? Why did you move me? That was the ministry that you... And, and listen, I could have been stubborn and I could have stayed in that ministry but God's hand would have been taken off of me. God, would have, God wouldn't have blessed the ministry as much as he had in the last 12 years. And I really believe that. But I believe that because I'm doing what God's called me to do, his hand is going to be upon this ministry. Joseph understood some things where some people would have just thrown in the towel and some people would have got upset. Joseph always kept his perspective on what God wanted to do and what God was going to do in his life. Think about another guy that we could see that goes back into Egypt. Um, the children of Israel were in bondage to Pharaoh. God hears their cries. He sends them a deliverer named Moses. Ten plagues, parting of the Red Sea, they're free. But then they begin to complain about the food. They begin to complain about the leadership. They can begin to complain about the land that they're living in. And God offers them a land flowing with milk and honey, but they refuse to go in and take it because their perspective is on these giants and these people instead of being on God and what God could do to bring them out. The Bible says in Numbers 14, 11, then the Lord said to Moses, how long will these people reject me? And how long will they not be with me with all the signs which I have performed among them? Listen, God was doing mighty things, water out of a rock, manna from heaven, doves flying in that they had all the meat that they could eat. God, they, their clothes didn't wear out, their sandals didn't wear out. God continued to meet their need. And all they wanted to do was grumble and complain. And when God told them, he says, I'm sending 12 spies. Look at 
at the land that I'm going to, to give you. I'm going to give you this land. I mean, heck, we, we have one point where they're, they're getting ready to go in and the first land that they come to, he says, all you have to do is walk around for seven days and then give a shout on the seventh day. And the walls came in. They didn't even have to lift a sword and God worked on their behalf. But yet when it came time to go into the promised land and defeat these people, their perspective was more on the giants than on the giant God that they served. It's all about perspective. What about King Saul? King Saul was, was, was the first king of Israel. Israel wanted a king and they wanted a king so bad. And, and so God told the prophet Samuel, he said, I'm going to pick them a king. And so the Bible says in 1 Samuel 9, 2, it says, and he said he had a choice and handsome son whose name was Saul. There was not a more handsome person than he among the children of Israel. From his shoulders upward, he was taller than any of the people. And then in 1 Samuel 13, 1, it says that Saul reigned one year when he had reigned two years over Israel. Listen, God, God took the, the most choicest, handsomest man and he placed him a king. Saul had the children of Israel. He had everything there. God was supplying all of his needs. First Samuel 13 verse 14 says, but now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. Saul had everything. God was going to bless him. He was the first king of Israel, but because he got prideful, because he refused to listen to the prophet Samuel, because he refused to do what God said, he lost the kingdom and God sought out for a man after his own heart. What, what, are, what are you focused on? Are you listening to what God is saying? Are you more concerned with your own agenda? Look at what God said about King David. 1 Samuel 16, 12. It says, so he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy with bright eyes and good looking. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him for this is the one. And then in 1 Samuel 17, 16 says, And the Philistines drew near and presented him himself 40 days, morning and evening. 1 Samuel 17, verse 50 says, So David prevailed over the Philistines with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and ki killed him. Listen, David understood some things about God. He said, the same God that delivered me from the mouth of the lion and the bear is the same God will the, the, that will deliver me from this uncircumcised Philistine. David wasn't looking at the size of the Philistine. He wasn't looking at the armor of the Philistine. He wasn't listening to the words of the Philistine. All he was thinking about is, I know what God has already done, and I know what God will continue to do. What are you focused on? What giants are in your life? What are things that are staring at you? What's the noise that's going on? Are you more consumed with the news? Are you more consumed with, with what you're listening to on the television or the radio? Are you more concerned about what the CDC is saying or what's coming out of Washington? Or are you more concerned with what the Word of God says? My God shall supply all of my needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Listen, one year, David is a ruddy shepherd boy. The next year, they're singing praises to him and said, Saul killed his thousands, but David is ten thousands. What a difference a year can make. What about you? Where were you at last year? Think about Queen Esther. 
The Bible says in Esther chapter 2, verse 7, it says, And Mordecai had brought up Hadesha, that is Esther, his uncle's daughter, for she had neither father nor mother. The young woman was lovely and beautiful. When her father and mother died, Mordecai took her as his own daughter. Listen, you got to think about this. There's this king, and this king has a wife, and this king has a daughter, and he tells the wife to do something she doesn't want to do. So the king gets upset, and the king kicks her out. Now he's got to go, and he's got to find a, another queen. And, and here you got this this lady, this this Esther Hadassi, and she's she's uh, being raised by her uncle, and she's just she's just a regular old Israelite woman. But all of a sudden she comes, and because of her beauty, they take her into the palace, and they begin to groom her, and they begin to do all of these things. And the Bible says in, in Esther chapter 2, verse 12, and it says, And each young woman's turn came to go into King Asherah. And after she had completed 12 months of preparations, according to the regulation for the woman, for thus was the day of her preparation. Esther 2.17 says, The king loved Esther more than all the women, and she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than any of the other virgins. So he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. One year, she's just out there minding her own business, doing what she was supposed to do. The next year, she becomes queen of Israel. Esther chapter 9, verse 29 says, Then Queen Esther, the daughter of Abilia, with Mordecai the Jew, wrote with full authority to confirm this second letter about Purim. She was an orphan to a queen. What a difference a year makes. She had no authority to all authority given to her by the king so that the Jews could overcome the enemy that would rise up against them. Listen, sometimes it looks bleak. Sometimes we don't understand what's going on. Sometimes we wonder what God's up to. But let me just tell you, it's all about perspective. What about Daniel? Here Daniel is, he's, he's taken away from his family. He's taken off to, to, to a foreign land. He's taken off to Babylon. The Bible says in Daniel chapter 4, verse 27, Therefore, O king, let my advice be acceptable to you. Break off your sins being righteous and your iniquities by showing mercy to the poor. Perhaps there may be length in your prosperity. Daniel is brought in. He's placed second in command because he honored God and he wouldn't eat food offered to idols. He wouldn't drink the wine. Instead, he stayed pure. And because of the uh, his pureness, God honored him and he was promoted as second in command over the king. And he began to talk to King Nebuchadnezzar and he began to tell King Nebuchadnezzar about his sin. And he said, listen, Nebuchadnezzar, if you will just... Uh, honor God and keep your heart pure. God could bless you. Daniel tries to help King Nebuchadnezzar by giving him some advice regarding his humility. But look what happens. Daniel chapter 4 verse 29 through 31 says at the end of 12 months, he was walking about the royal palace of Babylon. The king spoke saying, Is not this great Babylon that I have built a royal dwelling by my mighty power? And for the honor of majesty, while the word was still in the king's mouth, a voice fell from heaven. King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken, the kingdom has departed from you. Daniel tried to warn King Nebuchadnezzar and King Nebuchadnezzar didn't listen. And one year later, he loses the kingdom. What a difference a year can make. Esther used her position that God gave her to save her people. Nebuchadnezzar used his position that God gave him to brag on himself. See, it's all about perspective. Go with me to the New Testament. 
John chapter 18. John chapter 18, beginning in verse number 26, says, One of the servants of the high priest, a relative of whom him whose ear Peter cut off, did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter then denied again, and immediately the rooster crowed. See, it was Simon who was called Peter that walked with Jesus for three and a half years that denied Jesus on the morning of his crucifixion. It was the same Peter that on John chapter 21 decided to return to his fishing boat. But in Acts chapter 2, 50 days after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, the Holy Spirit was poured out on Peter. See, many scholars believe that Jesus was crucified in April of A.D. 33. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4, it was when the day at Pentecost had fully come, when they were in one accord in one place, that a, suddenly a sound from heaven as a mighty rushing wind filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Pentecost is 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus. In Acts chapter 3, Peter and John going into the temple at the gate beautiful, operating under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, raise a lame man that had been born crippled, that had been sitting there begging. They're then taken before the Sanhedrin. And in Acts chapter 4, verse 13 and 14, it says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, untrained men, they marveled. And they realized that they had been with Jesus. And seeing the men who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing. Now, I don't know how much after Pentecost this miracle happened, but I can tell you this. What a difference a year makes. Peter went from being weak to bold. See, it's all about perspective. See, we can either allow things like COVID and politics and things in our past to dictate our situations and try to dictate our future, or we can change our perspective and submit our lives to God and see what difference a year can make. So how can you change your perspective? How can you change the outcome of your situation? Number one, you need to change the way you think. You need to change the way you think. I know people that are just so negative. Everything is gloom and doom. But we need to change the way we think. Philippians 4, 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's any praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Listen to what Paul says to the church at Philippi that was being negative. He says, think on these things that are true. True. Don't think on the lies that you've heard or, or, or the things that lead you to believe about other things. Think on the truth of God's Word. Think on things that are noble. Things that are decent, not perverse. Think on things that are just. Things that are, things that are ethical. Then he says, think on things that are pure. Those things that are wholesome in life. And then he says, think on things that are lovely. See, it's all about perspective. Paul says in Colossians 3, 2, set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. 
Focus on what you're reading in the Word of God. Focus on what God has done in your past. Focus on those times that God has met you and blessed you and answered your prayers. Focus on those things, not about your presence, but about your perspective. you got to change the way you think. Then you need to change the way you speak. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Be careful what you say. Guard what you say about yourself and about others. Listen, you got to guard what you say about other people just as much as you got to guard what you say about yourself. You shall not speak against the Lord's anointed. You shall not be a gossip or a busybody. Keep your thoughts pure and keep your speech pure. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Listen, even when you don't think people are listening, people are listening. You know, it amazes me how many people say, Well, I didn't know so-and-so was a Christian. Have you ever heard the way they talk? And it may not always be cursing. It may just be the gossip or the negativity. So you got to guard what you say. And number three, you need to change who you hang with. Not only do you need to change the way you think and change the way you speak, but in order to keep those things changed, it's all about who you're hanging out with. If you're hanging out with negative people, you're going to be negative. If you're hanging out with people that curse, you're probably going to curse. If you're hanging out with people that drink or smoke or, or, or lay out of church, you're probably going to be one of those people also. But if you're hanging out with people that are speaking wholesome, if you're hanging out with people that are talking about the Word, if you're hanging out with people that love to worship the Lord, if you're hanging out with positive people, you'll be a positive person. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. What habits do you have? Who are you hanging out with? 2 Corinthians 6, 14 says, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness and what communion has light with darkness? Listen, if you're a child of the light, hang out with children of the light. Does that mean we don't minister to people? Yes, we minister. Jesus hung out with publicans and sinners, but you got to be strong enough in the word. You got to have a good prayer life. You got to make sure that you're in church. You got to make sure that you're hanging out with godly people more than ungodly. Hang out with ungodly people to share your testimony and tell them about Jesus, but you got to hang out with church folk. You got to hang out with righteous people. You got to hang out with people that are speaking truth and, and, and living truth more than you're living with worldly people. We can choose to look on the worst or the best, but it's up to us. We can choose to speak negative or find the best in every situation and every person, but it's up to us. Who we run with will determine our attitude in both thoughts and speech. It's all about perspective. My question is this, where were you a year ago and where are you right now? Are you satisfied with where you're at? Are you satisfied with, with how you're living? Because you can change it. What a difference a year makes. Where do you want to be next year? Change the way you think. Change the way you speak and change who you're hanging with over the next year and watch how God can change Everything in a year. It's all about perspective. 
What a difference a year can make. Father, thank you for the opportunity that I have to pastor this great church. I pray that you bless each and every one. Multiply this church, Lord, not just so we can be big, but multiply it supernaturally, not superficially. Let us grow that we can be a place that speaks the word of truth, that, that lives the word of truth, that honors the things of God. Lord, let our perspective be that we want to see a revival and an awakening come to our area. Not because of us, but in spite of us. Help us to be a spark to see revival move. Use us mightily. Lord, may your word be a lamp into our feet and a light into our path that directs us in all that we do. And Father, we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Hope you continue to listen to our podcast from Life Church right here in Perry, Georgia. Have a great week. We'll talk to you soon.